Radio.com. And welcome to Radio by George with your host, NFL superstar, Eddie George. For the next hour, Eddie and his guests will enlighten, empower, and entertain you. Now here's the man of the hour, Eddie George. Welcome to Radio by George, everybody. How's everybody doing today? Hope all is doing well. I gotta laugh. I gotta laugh today, man. I tell you what, man. <laughs> you ever have one of those days when everything just seems to go not your way? Huh? <laughs> do you ever experienced that? I'm pretty sure we all have. I mean, God, well, guess what? Today, today is one of those days. In fact, last week it was one of those weeks. But you know what? I'm not gonna complain. I'm alive, I'm healthy, Christmas is around the corner, got my kids coming in, my youngest is coming in from Atlanta, but I got, I got to, I got to share this story with you guys, and I tell you that I had uh, a hell of a week, a hell of a week traveling on the airlines, yes, the reliable airlines that, that, that we travel on, once again, always comes through, always on time, your bags are always there, you're comfortable. Last Thursday, <clears throat> I have to get up at 4 in the morning to catch my flight to fly to Denver where I tape Pro Football Preview. Now, Pro Football Preview is a show I do on FSN every single week. We come on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays at various times. You have to just check your listings. You can also TV it if you want to. But anyway, I uh, go to the airport, and first of all, it, it, we get to fly on these commuter flights three hours in the commuter flight, which is pretty tight, they have, usually have first class. Now, I'm not being a diva, but, you know, they, they have first class for me. Now, I'm 6'3", six, 6'4", six, you know, and even first class is tight. But for, for some particular reason, I'm in coach. Okay, so I so all right, I'm in coach. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Um, I said, do you have any aisles that are open? She says, uh, the stewardess has helped me out, the, the, the attendant has helped me behind the counter. She says, yes, you know, we have a, a, a window or a seat that has nobody else in it. So I said, oh, good, that's perfect. So I get there in good attitude, good positive mode, I gotta have a good vibe going. And I, I finally get to the, uh, gate and I get on board. And I go past first class, and I'm looking at these people, envy, like, you suck. Oh, God, I, uh, it just upset me. And they're looking at me like, man, Eddie, you going back to coach? <laughs> Times must be really rough. You know, but it was just cool. I take it. I tuck my tail and go in the back, right? So I approach my seat, and I see someone sitting there. But not only someone sitting there, but it's a beautiful woman that's sitting right next to me. And she is, you know, she she's just a very large human being. Put it to you that way. Very beautiful, personable person. In fact, I hope she's listening today. But uh, I noticed that she's sitting there. We're both sitting there together, and it's a tight space. 
And I said, this is cool. She's talkative. She's going to help me get through this. This is cool. We're having a good conversation. And I tell her about the radio show, so I hope she's listening to this story. She knows exactly what I'm talking about. And that, that wasn't the problem. The problem was a family comes on, and it's already a full flight. They come on. Their kids come on with them, two-year-olds, and she sits the two-year-old right behind me. So I'm like, okay, this is going to be interesting. And the two-year-old can reach the chair with her feet. So she's kicking my chair. I'm in a tight space, getting kicked in the chair, and I'm trying to keep a nice, positive mindset before I go on the show. So I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be, this is going to be interesting here. So what I did, I threw my headphones on, put on my meditation music just to calm me down, slept. I don't know how I did it. I must have been extremely tired. Slept, got there. Landed, cool, got through it. Thank you. I hope that she's listening. I'm sorry I forgot your name, but you helped me get through it. I appreciate it. Finally get to Denver. Go, uh, get Denver. It's pretty packed. People getting ready to travel, coming in for the, the ski season, what have you. And I go up to the counter and I see that, uh, or to the, get my bags, and my bags are, are not coming out. So I'm like, oh man, this is, this is turning into a nightmare. I'm like, okay. Where are my bags? So I, I go to United, and I say, okay, I'm missing this bag. I got my ticket, blah, blah, blah. I said, oh, Mr. George, well, apparently you're checked to go through Chicago, so your bags are in Chicago. And I have my suits. I have to wear a suit every single week, so I have all my stuff in this bag. I'm wearing jeans and a sweatshirt, and I, I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? I have to tape an hour. So to make a long story short, I wind up going out spending thousands of dollars to get a, a suit off a rack, get it tailored, go on the show, do the show. That's good. They want me to stay. After our show, they want me to stay to do uh, the telestrator. So I wind up missing my flight to go into Chicago. So I catch an E30 flight, get to the airport. Once again, I'm in coach, pass by everybody, sit down, very uncomfortable flight. I get there to say the least. I say, okay, good. At least I get my bags and everything will be good. I get there. Apparently, United switched over my bag to American. So I have to go to American, which is on the other side of the airport. So I had to get my driver to drive me in the cold, which was about 26 degrees at the time, across to American Airlines. I get there. They tell me, Mr. George, your bag isn't here. It's in Denver. Oh. Now, granted, I flew into Chicago for an orientation for this program that I'm doing. It's um, I'm getting my master's. So I'm at the school to get my master's at Northwestern Kellogg. <clears throat> Big shout out to the EMP76, the class of 09. I hope you're listening. But I get there, and um, they say, Mr. George, your bag's are not there. So all of my clothes, my jackets, everything is in this bag. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? I don't have a jacket. It's, it's freezing. I'm wearing a track jacket in 26-degree weather. So I say, all right. It's about 12 in the morning. I said, driver, just take me to the W. The W checks me in. They said the bag is going to be about tomorrow morning. Well, to make a long story short, I don't want to. I'm just venting with you. I'm, you're my people. You're listening. I'm just venting right now. I'm just struggling. Finally, to make a long story short, I go to the program the entire weekend wearing the same jeans and a mismatching shirts 
I did. I went out and bought some clean underwear, so that's cool. When I got got the bare essentials to survive, but I didn't get my bag not until what the day I got home, which was yesterday, and that was a fiasco because our flight was five hours late when I was trying to come from Chicago to Nashville. So to say the least. The moral of the story is, man, if you don't have to travel on the holidays, do not. It is pure d hell. Relying on the airlines, they will lose your bag. You can guarantee that your flight will be late, and you will be extremely frustrated. I, that's what I don't get. You go to vacation to relax, to vent, to connect with God, and to find yourself, right? <laughs> but getting there is just so damn frustrating. Anyway, ah, Merry Christmas, everybody. I don't think I'll talk to you. Um, until after Christmas. Well, this next week, Christmas? No, following week. Oh, yeah, I'll talk to y'all, yeah. But anyway, Merry Christmas. I hope that you're getting your shopping on. We have a, uh, very interesting show today. Um, very, very beautiful young lady that's coming on today with me and join me, talk about her story and all that she's getting, getting involved in during this time of giving in this season. And, um, well, she's going to join us in on the next segment, but whew, somebody please pray for me. But, uh, you know, to say the least, man, it was a great weekend. Um, like I said, I'm getting this program with uh, Kellogg. Very excited. Time of my life. I can't wait to uh, get on board with this whole ordeal. It's a um, four-year, two-year program that I'm, I'll be doing. It, uh, it's going to stretch me from... Th- from every angle. It's um, my master's in business. And uh, it was great to see a lot of diverse people. You know, I had an opportunity to meet somebody from, a couple people from Belgium, from Australia to uh, India. And it, it was just amazing to see all these people pursuing their career and pursuing this master's in, in business. And it was young to old and um you know, I was the you know the only athlete in there. Whether that says something, I don't know. But it, it's going to be interesting because it, it's it's rigorous, it's uh, demanding, and this is the all this is the orientation. But something that I'm, I'm looking forward to, and uh, something I'm very excited about because I have an opportunity to network with some of the great minds in the world, and I, I I'm surrounding myself with people of like minds and of like thought that's to advance themselves, to build a network, to get more educated uh, in, their, in their field, and, and just overall um, just grow as a human being. And and it was uh, it was pretty intimidating at first, you know. You know, you, you sit next to a, a CEO of a major company or CFO or, or somebody that was uh, in the accounting business. And and it, it's it's just amazing, and I just look so forward to it because I got something to bring to the table, and I'm ready. I'm ready for the challenge. And um, this, that was my weekend. I got a heck of a year coming up soon. Also, I got word today. Um, your boy will be doing the the national championship game down in New Orleans. The pregame. Post game and during the game analysis, not actual pre game, like, you know, uh, color analysis. I'll be doing it on the desk like I did last year for my boys, Ohio State. 
I'm really excited about that, so you guys can check me out on that. And uh, that's going to be interesting. I'm going to have a uh, the show that I'll be doing from down there. I'll be coming to you live from the streets of New Orleans and giving you an, an in-depth, uh, in-depth look or talk about uh, where the state of New Orleans, where they're at right now, uh, just from having fun and uh, also just trying to hit the neighborhoods. I haven't been down there in, in so long. I'm so anxious to see how far along we are and in, in, in terms of development and getting the city back on on on, my, on our feet. So really listen out for that, and I hope you call in. Also, I'm going to have it streamlined as well, uh, video streamlined that you can download and see where I'm going, see what I'm doing, see who I'm talking to. Not only can you uh, interact by um, by radio, but you can also see it, touch it and feel it, and see me doing my thing. And uh, continue to expand out my world to you guys. I know that if you haven't been in New Orleans in a while, or if you live there, or if you haven't been, uh, you know, obviously things have changed. And I'm and, um, just trying to bring light and awareness, I guess, to what's going on down there and uh, just from my mind. So just keep in touch with that. And also, if you want to get somebody a lovely gift and you haven't gotten a gift for anybody, remember that you can all get the EGX Lifestyle DVD. For those that are going to make their New Year's resolutions of losing weight or starting a healthy new lifestyle, you can still go online today and up until Christmas and thereafter Christmas on egxlifestyle.com and buy yourself a DVD. And I have somebody that, that I gave it to at work the other day um, out in Denver, and she said it was the toughest workout she's ever gone through. The toughest. He said her back was sore, her butt was sore, her thighs were sore. In 30 minutes, her, her cardiovascular was pushed uh, to the point where she got tired. And then, I tell you what, she enjoyed it. So, make sure that you pick up your DVD. And stick around for our next segment. We have a beautiful young lady coming up soon that you can call in on and get to know her, her world. And uh, we'll have all that and more when I come back. In two minutes, y'all, so stay tuned. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. The Kerry Douglas Show, with the CEO of Worldwide Music Incorporated and the founder and publisher of Gospel Truth Magazine, Kerry Douglas. By tuning in weekly, you will gain insight, tips, and tools to help get your career started. From how to market yourself to distribution of your product, learn the power of faith-based marketing and much more on The Kerry Douglas Show. Join Kerry each week with guests from the gospel music industry, entrepreneurs, speakers, and authors as they discuss faith-based news, events, and trends. The Kerry Douglas Show with Kerry Douglas broadcast each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, and is brought to you by Gospel Truth Magazine and Worldwide Music Incorporated on the Voice America channel. The Kerry Douglas Show with Kerry Douglas, your premier source for faith based entertainment, news, events, and trends. There is a difference between someone who lets life happen to them and someone who steps up and makes things happen. That person is a player, not just in the realm of athletics, but in all aspects of life. Are you ready to step up? 
Are you ready to start on a journey to a new lifestyle that will make you stronger, healthier, and more confident? Are you ready to be a player? Then explore the EGX experience at www.egxlifestyle.com. Let Eddie George help get your mind, body, and spirit fused and focused. If you're ready, log on to egxlifestyle.com to begin a journey to a better life through exercise, diet, and wellness. Join with Eddie George to create a personal plan for your success, and he'll help you discover the best you can be. Visit egxlifestyle.com and begin your journey with greatness today. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to Radio by George with your host, Eddie George. If you have a question for Eddie or his guest or would like to simply join the conversation, call now. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5788. That number again, 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to Radio by George. Welcome back. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. I'm your host, Eddie George, and I hope all is well. Well, like I said, the day just continues to get interesting. And, uh, ripping and running around, my internet just went down, so it's all good. We're having a ball. Woo! Now, our guest of the day is a, a beautiful woman. Uh, she's a celebrity in her own right Superstar She's an actress She's doing some great things in the community Especially during this time During the season of giving And whew, I'm tired I had to run upstairs so fast <laughs> I'm in the sanctuary by the way And the join with me Is Elizabeth Omilami Co-executive director of The Jose Feed the Hungry In Atlanta, Georgia you on radio by George. Elizabeth. Yes, yes. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? Yes, I can, my brother. How are you today? I'm sorry that so you you you, you sound so frustrated by our um, things in life that can frustrate you. <laughs> you know, I've learned to laugh. But honestly, honestly, during during that whole ordeal this past week, I was laughing. But yeah, I was well, in when I was in Chicago, I have to admit, our flight was supposed. I was supposed to be at home at, at five o'clock, and I missed the first flight. I said, "Okay, uh, catch the next one." So I'll be home about six, seven. And when they delayed our flight, not once but twice, and they said that we weren't going to leave till about ten o'clock, I just lost it at that point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I said, "Okay, enough of the positive crap." <laughs> I gotta release this to somebody. <laughs> Positive imaging is not helping anymore. No, no, like okay, this is for a reason. It's cool. I'm gonna go. Re- it's, it, it's it's something I'm supposed to learn from this. And after a while, so you know what? Damn it, I'm ready to go home. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get my own bed. I'm tireless. But how you doing? Oh, we're doing well here in Atlanta. You know, the Atlanta. Well, some of the good things about Atlanta uh, is the weather. Uh-huh. And uh, we look at the ice storms all over the place. Yeah. It's like 60, 70 degrees here. 
every day. Christmas Day is likely to be about 60 degrees. You know, if you like the snow, it's not the place to be. But um, we're we're very, very busy here trying to save some lives. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're going to touch on that a little bit. But before we do, I just want to kind of give our listeners um, a brief history on who you are, where you come from, because your father is a legend in his own right. Tell Tell me and our, our young listeners who your father was and what he actually meant um, to this country. Well, there was a warrior named Hosea Williams. Um, he was a man who 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 thought that people who were poor mattered enough to give his life for them. Um, he was always uh, one of these guys that... Um, was not afraid to challenge whatever he felt was uh, uh, anti uh, the least of these and those that couldn't speak out for themselves. Actually, he was born one of the few uh, sort of rabble-rousers, sort of uh, uh, just like an agitator in a washing machine. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to have that agitator to get the clothes clean, that things that moves everything up and down and around and around. He was mm-hmm. at for Martin Luther King. Wow. Um, I grew up with, you know, sitting on Dr. King's lap and being uh, a part Are you of serious? A, a family of people. Um, Martin Luther King was like an uncle to me. Um, and I grew up with the King kids. Yolanda King and I were friends, and I was very saddened to lose her. I just was with Bernice. Last mm-hmm. night, um, and and Marty and I talked at the bank a couple of days ago. It's it's kind of like that here for me. Mm. Um, so his his children are still mourning the loss of of really their father, mother, and their sibling. Mm. So uh, my dad was it, it was my dad's job to get beat. And I say this: if you Google Jose H O S C A Williams, you'll mm-hmm. see some. Some things, but but his job was actually. Dr. King said he was the man who was singly most responsible for integration in Savannah, Chatham County area in Georgia. Mm-hmm. He and his team would go into a town. Wow, well, we're talking about pre 1968, and um, they would find the head preacher, the head business person. Um, the and 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 the, and the leader, and they would meet in whichever preachers wasn't scared. He'd meet in their church, and they'd have a mass meeting, and and they would teach and preach to the people until they got to the point where they understood that they could make a change. Mm-hmm. Because that was a mental, a point of view that that you had to have. That was a mental change that had to take place as well as a spiritual one. Mm. And then they would march and they would get beat, inevitably. And once that blood was spilt, then Dr. King would send in other negotiator types, smooth talker types, and they would just tell the mayor and the town fathers, well, if you don't, whatever it was, integrate the buses or integrate the schools or the public um, facilities. We'll just let Jose and his team tear up this town. Mm-hmm. So he was used as a threat. And so in that sense, he was always a sacrificial one. 
and understood what his role was on Dr. King's staff was to be the one that would be beat down. And he was not a nonviolent man prior to meeting Dr. King. Always had carried a weapon. He was the original gangster, if you will. Um, born, both of his parents were blind, down in a dirt poor town in Adipocus, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Went off to the Army, was the only one in his foxhole that wasn't killed when, a, when they were hit by a bomb in World War II. Came back to the United States, was the first black person to be hired as a research chemist by the United States and was working very, making very good money as a chemist. And my mother was a professor until racism crossed our path in Savannah, Georgia, and everything sort of changed. And my home went from patent leather shoes and mm. furniture that you don't touch in the living room yeah. to cigar smoke and scotch and meetings and planning and burnings of crosses and all that as a child. So he was original and original, and, and we miss him very much. He died in 2000. Yeah, sorry to hear that. Yeah. So we don't remember our heroes, you know. We we say we don't have leadership in the African-American community in this country. or Our children don't know what great shoulders they stand on, yeah. and that's unfortunate. Yeah, I was, uh, it's interesting you were talking about sitting on Dr. King's lap and um, just in the 60s. And uh, I, I grew, I, actually I grew up in like the, the late in the seventies, eighties, mm-hmm. and the, what I read, I'm reading right now Tom Brokaw's book Boom, mm-hmm. and he talks about the sixties and how that that was a period, that decade was so um, was pivotal in American history in terms of how the train of thought where we were going. You had the death of Dr. King, uh, JFK. You had the Vietnam War. You had heroin was uh, was a huge epidemic across the country. Mm-hmm. Just talk about the just the energy, the feeling, growing up during that time. Was it? A, I get the feeling that it was every day you wake up, it was butterflies in your stomach because you just didn't know what to expect. So, what was the time like? What was the energy like during that period in time? Well, there's a newspaper article right over here on my desk. Uh, that I'm pointing to and get Dee Dee, my, my publicity assistant, Dee Dee Williams, to get it for me, um, the, the other one. And, and it shows how I had been to jail for marching so many times by the time it says, Little Miss Williams was arrested five times last summer while participating in Savannah's nonviolent direct action program. Wow. So they had to send me off to Boggs Academy so that I would stop going to jail for a cause now, not because. Wow. You can imagine what a 12-year-old had been to jail already nine times by the time I was 12-year-old. Um, everybody's children in the movement didn't do that now. Mm-hmm. Jose Williams put his children out in the street because he wanted us to be one of the people. So I guess it was like living in a war. That, that's why my, my book that I'm working on is called The General's Daughter. Mm-hmm. Because people were shooting at our house. Um, every time we went somewhere, um, there was danger 
but you know um you you knew you were going to die any minute george but you just i don't know you were willing mm. i think that's what dr king meant when he said your life isn't worth living unless you found something worth dying for wow because you didn't care i mean i can remember marching and this is in 1981 i'm talking about i'm not talking about the 60s we we got attacked by 300 Klansmen in Cumming, Georgia, in 1981. Whew, in 81, wow. Okay, so I can remember in 1981 thinking, I, I am going to die. I was sitting in a jail cell in Cumming, Georgia, in Forsyth County, with Klansmen locked up right in the cell right next to me, screaming, nigga, nigga, we're going to kill you, nigga B, and all of this. And this is 1981. Huh. So we cannot be so so cavalier. Mm-hmm. We cannot be so naive about racism in America. Uh, it's, it's very much alive, and you bump into it when you least expect it, sort of you let your guard down and you're thinking, wow, uh, you're just going through your life, and bam. Yeah. You're yeah. like, what? Well, we're going to take a quick break, Elizabeth. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Jose the Hungry mission and what that consists of and then how you're trying to help people in Atlanta. And we'll take your calls when you come back. Uh, the guys out there listening, if you have some questions for Elizabeth or me about what she's doing, please call in. We'll take a quick break in two minutes. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. There is a difference between someone who lets life happen to them and someone who steps up and makes things happen. That person is a player, not just in the realm of athletics, but in all aspects of life. Are you ready to step up? Are you ready to start on a journey to a new lifestyle that will make you stronger, healthier, and more confident? Are you ready to be a player? Then explore the EGX experience at www.egxlifestyle.com. Let Eddie George help get your mind, body, and spirit fused and focused. If you're ready, log on to egxlifestyle.com to begin a journey to a better life through exercise, diet, and wellness. Join with Eddie George to create a personal plan for your success, and he'll help you discover the best you can be. Visit egxlifestyle.com and begin your journey with greatness today. Everything you want, everything you want to do, and everything you want to have is right at your fingertips. People think that accomplishing your goals has to be difficult. Guess what? It doesn't. All you need are the right tools and a map. And that is what author, professional speaker, and now talk radio host Charmin Lane is offering you. Join Charmin Wednesday afternoons at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel for success made simple. VoiceAmerica.com 
You're listening to Radio by George with your host, Eddie George. If you have a question for Eddie or his guest or would like to simply join the conversation, call now. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5788. That number again, 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to Radio by George. Welcome back to Radio by George. I'm your lovely host and your boy, Eddie George, and I'm joined with Elizabeth Omilami. Elizabeth. Yes. How you doing? Now, uh, we just finished off our last segment talking about um, your father and, and his impact in American history and, and you growing up in the 60s, but I, I guess this has inspired you. This was the uh, the impetus for you to start your foundation, uh, the, Ho- the Jose um Jose the Hungry? The, the hung, Hosea, H-O-S-E-A. Oh, Hosea, okay, I'm sorry. The Hungry. Um, talk um, talk have, about um, the mission of that. We have our history. At, if you go to Jose, H-O-S-E-A, FeedTheHungry.com, um, actually, this was started by my dad back in 1971 when he saw, you know how you see guys in the street asking for money? Yes. Um. And sometimes you have a dollar, you give it to them. Sometimes you just keep going based on what's going on in your life. Yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> now, this particular day, he stopped, and I and 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 it's called stop stopping your world for a human being because I think we've lost our perception of what a human being, the value of a human being and the value of a human life. Um, this man ate the sandwich that, that, that Reverend Williams gave him. He, he ate through the wax paper. Mm. He ate the paper and the fish and the bread. He was so hungry. And um, in America, this wasn't in Haiti. This wasn't in Rwanda. Mm-hmm. This is right here in the good old U.S. of A. Right. Um, and so he started feeding a hundred men at that time in nineteen seventy one uh Jose Juanita Williams they started feeding a hundred it was mostly african American men that they were seeing that were homeless through the years however the 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 definition of homelessness has changed dramatically in America, of course, on any given night it is estimated that there are over a million people homeless in America. Now we're talking about mothers living in their cars with their children, Hmm. people living in these extended stay hotels because 40% of the homeless are working. We're talking about children in foster care. Um, We're talking about people in shelters and in boarding houses, Uh, People who have don't have their name on anybody's lease. So, so he started out in 1971 serving the homeless. And once you begin to serve the homeless, you start to find out they have it's a complex set of issues. So you find out they need clothing, they need medical care, they need jobs, um, they need mental health services. You know, for America to be the only country in the Western world without universal health care, 
Please. Yeah, no, that's that's amazing to me. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that is, that is amazing to me. My wife told me about the, uh, the health care system in, in Europe, that they don't have to pay anything for health care, but we do. But I, I hate to cut you off, but I just find that um, absolutely amazing. Yes, and, and many people are dying mm-hmm. who are poor because of it. Many people are incarcerated because they are poor and they can't afford a lawyer. Many people are sick because they are poor. Um, and many people are poor not because they are bad people, um, but because um, our economy, our system, we're systematically creating um, poverty in certain subsectors of, of our community. So he went on. 1971, and lived his life in service to the poor. Uh, he was a city councilman here in Atlanta. He was a state legislator. He was the first black man to go to China mm-hmm. and visited with Mao Zedong. But all the time he visited with Haley Selassie, visited with Muammar Gaddafi. All the time in doing this international work, he was feeding the hungry. And and, and because I was an am, am an actress and was quite often unemployed, (laughs) I worked with him, and I learned how to do what he was doing. And so the numbers began to grow. To make a long story short, now we are feeding 20,000 people every holiday here in Atlanta on any any given night. There are 45,000 people who are homeless, and yet also... All year long, 65% of the people that we serve are the working poor. Mm. Those people who would miss two or three paychecks, they would be homeless. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've seen so many changes over the years in the face of poverty in America, and uh, I'm, I'm very worried by what I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can agree with you, um, but, but within your own organization, I know that you have uh, some amazing stories. Could you share one with us and, and, and our view and our listeners? Well, I'll tell you about Brenda, and I changed her name for her own sake. She she has a a, a a master's degree. Brenda has a master's degree. She has three children. One son is eleven, and daughter nine, and then she has a three-year-old was doing just fine working at um, as a teacher at, at one of the local universities. And uh, she got breast cancer. She was diagnosed with breast cancer. Wow. Um, she was diagnosed with breast cancer, and the insurance company decided that uh, they couldn't cover her treatment because of a pre-existing condition that they identified when she used to smoke. Mm-hmm. They they denied her claim. She, of course, then used up her savings for her treatment. She was fired from her job. And when I found her, she and her three children had been living in her truck for two weeks. She had been unable to go to her church to ask for help because she was just ashamed. She just knew that she was going to get a job any minute. Something was going to happen. Mm. She tried to go to the shelter, but because she had a son who was 12 years old, they wouldn't take him. Now, most shelters in in Atlanta, 
if you have a male child over a certain age, they will not take him with the in the in the center with the other women and their children. Yes. So rather than send her son to a foster home, mm-hmm. that she would live in her car with wow. her children, and that's where we found her. Um, when we found her, she we put her in a hotel for two weeks. She did go to her church and ask for help. Uh, we talked her through that. We have case managers here. Mm-hmm. We are a faith-based organization. Um, Cause sometimes when you've been in a situation like that, um, you don't need statistics and clinical care. Yeah, you need spiritual care. Mm. So she, she after she stayed in the hotel for two weeks, um, she then moved in with one of her church members, and then uh, we worked with the lo- two local companies, got her interviews, and now she's working. But. I will say to you that without Jose Feed the Hungry, she might still be in her truck because she was so depressed when we found her that she didn't see a way out. She couldn't she couldn't get up and get out. You know? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever been there, but something happens to you and it just shakes you to the core. Yes. And you just can't seem to get up and get out. Um, and so that's just one example of the kind of help. And because, you see, in Atlanta, they are redeveloping the urban areas. Yes. The apartments that used to be 850 for a two-bedroom are now 1200 $1,500. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't, and I don't know if it's like that where you are, but they are taking back the inner city where the poor used to be. Mm-hmm. They're redeveloping it into condos. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so they're pushing the working poor, and they are working out beyond into these suburban areas, okay, where there's no public transportation, where there's no defects, there's no free medical clinics out there. A lot of them don't have cars, so they get isolated. And so then they, 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 they can't get the help that they need. Mm-hmm. So that's what we do here at Jose Feed the Hungry. We provide rent assistance, um, utility assistance. Um, we have clothing, food, toiletries, and furniture. Um, we also provide employment services, which we'll be doing a lot more of in 2008, thanks to the Georgia Department of Labor, mm-hmm. who's going to put an employment center here. Yes. Our job is to rescue lives. Those those people that, you know, Washington denies their existence and has forgotten about. Mm-hmm. You're joining me with uh, uh, Elizabeth Omilami on Radio by George. Now, we're talking about uh, Hosea, uh, Feed the Hungry. Uh, you can, if you're listening out there, you can go to the website, www.josefeedthehungry.com. Now, let me ask you, Elizabeth, how, if somebody wanted to help, how can we help your organization? Well, one of the things is I was so glad to get the call from uh, Jeff Obafemi Carr, one of um, my acting buddies uh, <laughs> in the theater, to help us to get our message uh, on the web, for example. We need more of a web exam- uh, a presence. Mm-hmm. When you go to the website, and that's Jose with an H, Yes. you can email uh, us. 
you can say, well, you know, I'll I'll do this, put you on this blog, or I'll put you on this internet um, news magazine or website. Uh, you can give by credit card on the website. You can um, you can be a virtual volunteer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have volunteers all, all over the, the the country. Help us to get on shows like this one. Because mm-hmm. I think people think that poor people are just lazy. No, they don't have the opportunity. You know, I think yeah. they think they need to get a job, and why should I use my tax dollars to help them because I made it and they need to make it just like I did. That's right. Well, we're going to take a quick break, Elizabeth. When we come back, we'll take a couple calls, and we're going to talk about your acting career a little bit. I'm, I'm an expiring actor myself. Maybe you can give me some, some advice. So we'll talk all that, about that and more when we come back in a minute, y'all. The experts call toll free right now 1-866-472-5787 and ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Everything you want, everything you want to do, and everything you want to have is right at your fingertips. People think that accomplishing your goals has to be difficult. Guess what? It doesn't. All you need are the right tools and a map. And that is what author, professional speaker, and now talk radio host Charmin Lane is offering you. Join Charmin Wednesday afternoons at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel for success made simple. There is a difference between someone who lets life happen to them and someone who steps up and makes things happen. That person is a player, not just in the realm of athletics, but in all aspects of life. Are you ready to step up? Are you ready to start on a journey to a new lifestyle that will make you stronger, healthier, and more confident? Are you ready to be a player? Then explore the EGX experience at www.egxlifestyle.com. Let Eddie George help get your mind, body, and spirit fused and focused. If you're ready, log on to egxlifestyle.com to begin a journey to a better life through exercise, diet, and wellness. Join with Eddie George to create a personal plan for your success, and he'll help you discover the best you can be. Visit egxlifestyle.com and begin your journey with greatness today. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to Radio by George with your host, Eddie George. If you have a question for Eddie or his guest or would like to simply join the conversation, call now. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5788. That number again, 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to Radio by George. Welcome back to Radio by George. I'm on with Elizabeth Omilami, and she is doing some big things in Atlanta, feeding the homeless with the Hosea Feed the the Hungry um, Foundation, and she's doing some big things down there, and she's feeding a lot of people and, and like anything else. We all need some help, so please go to the website, check it out, HoseaFeedTheHungry.com, and, and, and help out Feed the, hung, the Hungry. We're all in need, and in fact, 
I just feel so moved right now that, you know, I feel so much better about my situation of going from Atlanta and traveling. At least I can travel. You know, that's what I get out of this. And I feel bad that I'm complaining in the beginning of my segment. And uh, here it is. People are, are just trying to get something to eat. People with master degrees and, and what have you. So um, please uh, look that up. So, Elizabeth. Yes. I understand that uh, you have an amazing, you're an amazing actress, and um, there's something that, you know, we both share is Jeff Carr. He is uh, instrumental in me getting involved in, in acting and, and not pursuing a, a career in that arena myself, so I, I definitely appreciate it. Tell me, uh, how do you balance um, your your life as far as an actress and, and doing what you do with the, with the mission? Well, um I've had to my, my I've had to be more sacrificial than than my husband. Uh huh. Um, so you and your husband are actors. Afemo is an actor as well. Afemo Omalami. Um, last time I guess he was seen was in Deja Vu, or actually it was on TV in Ghost Whisperer. Um, oh yeah. Uh, and he was the the um, president of the college in Drumline. Um, but, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So my back okay, on the field. Yeah. yeah. So that's my honey. And, uh, <laughs> actually, that's all right. He actually leaves Atlanta for, for about four to five months a year to go out to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the film work that I've gotten has been from auditioning in um, New Orleans. Mm-hmm. After Katrina, they kind of moved the center to Shreveport. Mm-hmm. But, of course, the governor of Louisiana gives film producers a big tax break. Okay. So he's got all these incentives for film producers. But I've had to kind of turn my head in another in this direction towards the nonprofit because nonprofit life is just so hard. Yeah, yeah. You just never know what's going to happen to you from one day to the next. Um, but um, the last film that I did was called The List, and uh, starring um, Malcolm McDowell, and it 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 is going to be coming out sometime around the first of the year. Um, so I think you can have it all mm-hmm. um, eventually, but uh, if you have something else in your life, it's very hard to 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 to. But see, there's a difference in a movie star and an actor. Okay, explain it, please. Break it down for me. So, if you <laughs> want to be an actor, then that means that you want to study the craft mm. of acting. That means that you will do community theater. As long as you are in a play, you don't care where it is. They could pay you to be in it. Mm-hmm. You have, you are a craft person. You're not a football star that just showed up in a movie. That's right. not an actor. Okay. Um, so it's it's a fascinating craft. It's a fascinating way to, to develop your own personality because actors have to dig deep within their own personal psyches mm-hmm. to come up with what they need to, 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 to be on stage. Uh, you, you, the way you tell, you can tell if you've seen a person in the theater or do you just see them being themselves in a movie. Mm-hmm. That's the difference in a real actor and a movie star. 
So if you dig in and you take some classes and you do some theater and then you find out who's casting and what city do you are you do you live in? I, I live in Nashville. I live in Nashville, and I and I had an opportunity to uh, to do a couple of plays. Uh, yeah. with, with Jeff Carr, um, and it was uh, God's from Bones, actually. It was oh, a monologue. That's a great play. Yeah. You know, and you just find yeah. that you love it. I think that God gave us the arts in order to distract us from mischief mm-hmm. and to show us the beauty in life, um, the aesthetic value of a painting, or um, listening to Jeff play the piano. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sing, or you know, telling a story in a play that that you know. When my father went to China and he met with Mao Zedong, he watched how Mao used the art to propagandize the people. Mm, really? uh, that was kind of a negative in a way because you know you couldn't have uh, differing opinions. Yes. But the dancers danced to the glory of China. The theater people acted to the glory of China. The musicians played. And so everybody was sort of on the same page because of this interaction with the arts. And he really felt that that's what theater should be for this country and for our people. Mm-hmm. So it it is a fascinating, wonderful way to spend your time. Yeah, I've uh, I've been studying for for two years now, and 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 it's it's been interesting. Um, the things that I've come across for so many years, you know, playing football is one thing. You know, you mm-hmm. you you know the regiment, you know what you have to do. You're you're challenged physically, you're challenged mentally, you're challenged emotionally. Uh, but it's more or less mind over matter. Whereas uh, in acting, it's not just reciting lines and acting mad. I guess is just coming in touch with that real emotion and that and that real place and connecting with that and having it come across real, and that's what I'm seeing. Um, I guess in my my young um, acting days is, is that it's it's about being real and experienced and uh, and bringing that and allowing that to come forth, and that, it takes a great deal of courage. It takes a great deal yeah. of courage. Yeah, and and the thing is is. Uh, for me, you know, in, in football, we don't, we're not supposed to show pain, or we're not supposed to show that 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 you've been hurt, or it's everything. You're stoic. You're in the moment. You show joy when you win, and you show anger when you lose, and um, you just desensitize, I guess, all of your your senses on some levels um, until you get out of it. And and just for me personally, it's just been uh, enlightening to see. All the things when I really dig deep into my soul, what's coming out? <laughs> okay. it's, it's truly, it's truly amazing. That's right. And what what pushes your buttons? And what what are those things that um, you know? I, I I have had this experience. You talk about pain with pain in my life. And uh-huh. I've been through so much growing up in civil rights and seeing so many people die and so forth that I just. Mm-hmm. You know, I just said, God, just take my pain. I don't want to hurt anymore. I don't want to care. I I got very, very frustrated. I can't do anything. There's too many people who have needs. And uh, he did. Mm. Yeah, he he was a lover. So then I was going to play uh, uh, the old settler. 
Yeah, well, Elizabeth, that's our hour. It went by so oh fast. Gosh. It went by so fast. I enjoyed it. And if people out there that are listening to uh, the show, the telecast, remember to go to Hosea, feed the, feedthehungry.com and help out any way possible. I'm Eddie George. Next week, same time, same place. Well, I might not be in the same place. I could be in your neighborhood. So listen out. Until next time, Merry Christmas and have a happy new year. Peace. We hope you have enjoyed this week's episode of Radio by George. If you have a question or comment for Eddie and just can't wait until next Monday, you can email him at info at radiobygeorge.com. Selected emails will be read on the air so your voice can be heard worldwide. Be sure to listen live every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America channel. See you next week.